Many people have problems with art and not with reality. So why is art different? It's pretty simple, right? This is knowledge, this is thinking, this is thought. Yeah, it does something strange with your head. Welcome to the Undergang Armchair. Bring it. Welcome to the Undergang Armchair. My name is Ondo. Hello, friends. Welcome indeed to another episode. We are steadily creeping up towards number 100 here, which is uh, which is pretty wild. The show's been going for a little more than three years. My, how time flies. And not to get all modeling on you, but uh, thank you for, uh, for being here and uh, being along for the ride. It's obviously been a little shaky here, you may have noticed, but uh, we're working hard on getting the show back onto some sort of semblance of regular. For example, we're heading up to Stockholm next week to talk to a bunch of people in conjunction with the market and supermarket art fairs. And uh, if you have any suggestions, know any people up there who you think we should talk to, please let us know. Contact information is on our website, undergang.net. We have the very interesting Matthias Borello on today. He's a writer, a curator, an editor, and uh, many of you guys here in Denmark probably know him from the online publication Kunsten Nu. They're one of the big arts publications here in Denmark, and they uh, do a lot of critical writing and discussion about arts. It's actually a great site, so I would check that out if you don't know about it. And that makes him a very visible person in the Danish arts scene. So he's here to talk about how he got there, about a bunch of the projects he works on, about critical discourse. We got to a lot of different interesting subjects, and uh, it's killer stuff. So let's get right to it. Enjoy. been on the radio before uh yeah several times i'm not actually. claiming this is the radio but no no but i <laughs> I've, i've actually been uh, uh used like as a representative of the arts a lot of times that's what i imagine and in uh yeah uh, the national broadcast have I, i mean they have used me several times and uh echo Future Zoo yeah. uh, has actually done a lot of shows based on columns that we published on Kunst Nu. So they kind of redid uh, the column live. They radioified uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> Was that interesting? Did you like that format? Uh, at times. Um, because, I mean, if you get the time... It's always interesting to discuss art, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but if they just want to adopt the the good story, it's not worth it, really. The one that uh, hopefully makes them debate and talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Uh, how does it feel to be the uh, the person who uh, has to represent Danish arts? <laughs> um, I mean. It's it's normally in the case of uh, kind of um, cultural a cultural framing that I have to represent the arts and discuss it, mm-hmm. uh, um, discuss the meaning of it, discuss the importance of it, discuss the uh, provocation it might uh, produce, and I mean at those times it. It seems meaningful. Um, also, because I mean, in general, the thing I've been uh, doing as an editor uh, and uh, art critic at Kunst Nu has been to try to qualify the general discussion and dialogue about contemporary arts, which is hard. Which is hard, but I mean. I I mean I wouldn't have done it if I didn't you know and stayed with it if I didn't like it. So I mean I like d- debating and I like discussing and I I I truly believe that you know discussion is a very very 
formative tool uh, for like a culture. Uh, you could maybe call it civilization, you know. But mm. <clears throat> in that in that way, I'm I feel as an art critic and editor, I feel very connected to an idea of uh, enlightenment in a way. Uh, and I guess I think of the arts as the most important field of uh, discussing our like daily lives, our behavior, our way of uh, treating each other uh, beside of politics, of course. I'm but really happy to hear that. Because it's like, it, to me, it's like the the echo chamber <clears throat> where you're you're free to choose your media in a way mm. uh, to make the most efficient kind of uh, statement or not statement, but uh, I mean... Um, a communication of some sort. Yeah, I mean... And 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 normally art is is some sort of like deep communication about something, mm. you know. And if you and if you get people to listen, it's very very obvious that they um, that they are blown away about it when they when they get there. You know, it's like it's actually very. Um, it's a very uh, privileged role actually to. To be the one, you know, pointing towards the few doorknobs and small coatings that might lie there and open that door, mm. you know, because you 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 really get uh, a feeling of uh, people suddenly engaging in bigger questions uh, right in front of you, you know. But of course, I mean... Normally, I write stuff, you know. Right. Uh, it, it's not that often that I actually have that conversation, but I have, like, on the radio and sure in other asked. medias. And when I uh, stroll uh, the Danish art scene, of course, we artists and uh, cultural people love to discuss arts. So, I mean, and actually, I... I like that. <laughs> All fucking day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's very few people I feel that I have to stop, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, one of the things that kind of corresponds, like in something I've been thinking a lot about, my friend Kevin pointed out, is that art is one of the few things which really has to defend its own existence and meaning in the world uh, all the time. Soccer gets way more public funding than arts does. Let's just say in Denmark. Mm. And it doesn't have to address uh, its own reason for existing. It's a given that this is a good thing. That soccer is good for children. It's good for team building. It's good for uh, society. It's good for everything. And they even they barely have to address issues of violence, sexism, homophobia, you know, all those sort of things that you know I, I'm not interested in discussing it. But the point is they don't even they're not even asked publicly to do that. Whereas art is asked every let's say four and a half months. Why do you exist? Why should we care? Why uh, should we give money to this? Mm -hmm. What is it good for? Who are you talking to? All these sort of things come up again and again and again and again. Mm -hmm. And it's it's nice to hear you instead just say, yeah, no, I think it's one of the most important things that we do as humans. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's like that. And I actually, I think, uh, you know, uh, there have been like statistics saying that, well, I guess it was like a few years ago, it was, uh, there was a, a survey saying that there were, now there were actually more people going to museums than football. Really? Like soccer. In Denmark or in the world? Yeah, in Denmark. Okay. So it's like, okay. Huh. So actually, even though we publicly feel like we have to uh, argue for the importance of what art is and is doing, people go there. 
yeah. because they like it. Yeah. I mean, and and they 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 like the. Uh, I think they like the inspiration and that you know like inspirational echo chamber that art is where they uh, pause their lives and think about stuff and uh, indulge in aesthetics you know mm-hmm. uh, and <clears throat> the other thing is and I think maybe that's the more polemic take on what you're saying is that uh, artists and art professionals have have been uh, bad at addressing uh, the functionalities of art you know and it's it's a taboo almost to talk about functionalism and art in absolutely that way. so um, and I mean, I think it's, I actually think it's pretty important that we address those um, qualities and, uh, and in a way also kind of move on from this idea of like uh, the artistic autonomy as something holy. Right. uh, Because it isn't. Right. And um I mean there's a very big group of artists out there that are fully aware of what their works are able to in different contexts at different times with different people. They are fully aware of the functions of their practice. Yeah. And uh it's also in a way uh you know <laughs> It it kind of connects to this question of art as work as well. You know, if you don't do anything, I mean, and if you can't tell anybody what you're doing, you know, uh, and you just want to keep it like, uh, yeah, keep it like a weird mystery what you're doing, you know, uh, um, then it's very hard to argue for... uh, support and uh recognition and um well it's seen as so not working class right it's not supposed to be tied to any sort of concepts of money or survival or capitalism it's beyond that it's pure it's more wholesome Mm -hmm. and that way it makes the discussion really awkward about a lot of reality which is like it's uh, bullshit (laughs) it's absolute bullshit but we've gotten so far away from maybe some original ideas about art being a craft Mm -hmm. because that's now seen down on Mm. Uh, that that making uh, pottery, which uh, also has a has a function, uh, is uh, not art. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's just not accepted in 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 the cultural idea of what fine art is. Uh, oh. It's nice. Mm. I like a nice coffee cup, mm. but I'm not going to go to a show of coffee cups. No, you know, mm. and the state's not going to give uh, that exhibition space uh, a couple hundred thousand to organize that. Mm-mm. Unless it's a very well-known museum, or you know, some no, no. other argument comes. And from. I mean, if we if we truly believe that art can research matters in our culture and uh, political life and uh, stuff like that, I mean, then it should show itself as a resource in that way. You know, it's. Uh, I mean, and there is a lot of. Uh, artist working deeply with that function of art mm. as a, a a research, a way of uh, archiving, a, a way of um, uh, proposing uh, other social models, uh, proposing a different kind of uh, city development, uh, other kinds of uh, behaviorism in social life, uh, media, um, you know. Uh, so, um, so I think these things are connected in in the in the question of uh, recognizing art as. Uh, important work you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. before we go too far mm-hmm. in that way i do want to quickly 
find out where it came from for you, where you, mm. where your interest in art began and your studies and what led you to the point you're at now. Mm -hmm. To me, it's a little hard to like actually point out, um, but um, there was no moment. Yeah, no I don't know. I've artwork. had I've had like uh, big moments uh, with art uh, through my childhood. I was um, I was uh, raised by. Um, Uh, a mom that was um, a very kind of culturally seeking uh, individual and she included me in a lot of stuff I I was taking to weird workshops uh, in a very early age and um, I I was exposed to Uh, the theater of uh, the Odin theater. Oh yeah, the from, very famous uh, experimental theater in Denmark. Yeah, uh, and I had um, I've, I've played drums all my life, drums and percussion, and I think I had like uh, big moments um, in maybe the field of performance, music, uh, dance. Um, Uh, through that, so you uh, grew up in Jutland. I, I did in Holstebro, yeah, which is where the Odin Theater yeah. is based, right? Yeah. yeah. So, and I've I've uh, I've fairly recently, like in the summer of 2014, I I did a festival uh, during the festive week in Holstebro, uh, which were actually about like coming back to your roots. Uh, And try to adopt the artistic uh, language that you have developed uh, after traveling, after moving from Hostable to professionalize your artistic life. And then we invited artists to come back uh, and adopt that language in their hometown for a week. That's fascinating. Uh, and it was just called Return. And I think for a lot of us uh, that also kind of And that was a, a huge part of the project uh, was just to kind of bring some people together who have had this kind of same parallel history uh, and try to discuss what happened and why did we leave and uh, what did we think of Holstebro as, you know, a place uh, while being away and how did it feel to come back and try to adopt that artistic language that we kind of maybe owe to guys like uh, uh, Odin, uh, the Odin Theater or others or um, the the very, very good uh, musical school that have mm. uh, raised a lot of very, very good musicians in Denmark as well. You know, so that, that was a project like questioning that so for me i guess my childhood uh, exposed me to uh, some some great artists i think and before moving to western jutland i lived in uh, in humlebeck um, and uh, had experiences on luciana and uh, some local theater as well mm. at that time but i mean as a more professional thing i I started studying ancient Greek, <laughs> um, but uh, why? 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 Tell me why. What uh, happened? There? It was kind of I was I was uh, I guess I was confused about where to begin. Yeah. Like, and I I was uh, obvious. I, I mean, I was. Um, it was very clear to me that I was kind of a humanistic studies uh, guy, and I. I didn't really know where to start. I was very interested in anthropology and ethnology, but I didn't have, uh, you know, the grades to get directly into that. Mm. And um, and then I was like, I, I remember in high school I was, I was, I was very interested in archaeology, and there was something there. And then I just thought, okay, well, the European cultures kind of started there. So 
why shouldn't you, you know? Right. And, and then I, I started there, and it was like one year of hardcore uh, Latin and Greek uh, studies. Like, yeah, and, and the first year was crazy. <laughs> and, you know, we, we were kind of, I think we were like 36 students starting that year. And we were eight or something that actually went for the exam in the end, or f maybe we were 15, and then eight that actually continued right, right. on the uh, on uh, ancient Greek or Latin. Yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> at that institute, I, I'm, I mean, I met some very uh, inspiring and also almost frightening. Uh, you know, scholars, you know, people that has just uh, been, um, you know, been into mathematical forms in Socratic dialogues for 20 years or notations from Byzantine uh, for flutes, you know, like, and has, you know, studied that deep, for dark deep, knowledge deep deep deep, deep knowledge things. yeah <laughs> so i i was a little scared of that place and i felt a little claustrophobic yeah. but then i guess i was introduced to some of the more philosophical sides of uh kind of uh, greek culture and i i started studying some of the cultural theoretical uh, texts, uh, Herodotus, and some of the aesthetical texts. Right, art uh, and... Uh, yeah, yeah, kind of art, very early art theory. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and and something kind of... Uh, yeah, something uh, blew up in my mind, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and then I kind of followed that thread and started taking some classes on ethnology... On cultural theory, I took some uh, like aesthetical theory classes on art uh, history, and I, I started following a thread that later became clear to me that I was very interested in aesthetics, uh, aesthetical theory, and cultural theory, and how they kind of merged or uh, had uh, correspondences all through history. So I ended up. Uh, doing my candidate on modern culture and communication, writing on uh, social practices, yeah. uh, contemporary artistic practices within the social field. So when you open that door, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. And I, I guess I ended up in, in social practices and the questions of uh, quality. Mm -hmm. That was my kind of final thesis I did. Uh, because it, uh, to me, was uh, the obvious case of where uh, aesthetics kind of uh, were challenged to its full. You know, the, the question of how you can adopt ethics and aesthetics, uh, in a way. Uh, and, and to me, that was kind of the the big fucking question of what I was interested in within I, arts. I imagine it still is. It still is. I imagine you didn't find an answer. Uh, not really. Or <laughs> I think I, I mean, I, I found some, some answers and I think I, I tried to adopt them, but I, in the same, in the same process, I also realized that, it, that it, it is, uh, kind of full-time engagement and adoption that has to be dynamic to what happens in the social field and what happens in the artistic field. And it's, it's a kind of a theoretical task or critical task to be sensitive, like contextual, socially, artistically sensitive and analytical you know, and that's your tool. So, uh, I mean, and if you take those tasks seriously as a, uh, both as a kind of day-to-day -day art critic, but also as a kind of uh, artistic uh, theorist, yeah. uh, which I also uh, try to uh, uh, be at times. Uh, I mean, I've I published a book um, 
in 2015 about art as social practice and taking its kind of leap from uh, the practices of a Danish artist, uh, Kenneth Balfeldt, who has done uh, several very uh, big and uh, discussed and... Um, Uh, important uh, social practice works in a Danish context. Recently, or yeah, and recently. I I've mean, never heard of this individual. Okay, but that's a, a huge mistake in a way, and it, it shows the importance of that. We actually did that book uh, to me, and I think uh, there has been uh, the. I mean, his his practice is hard to. Uh, to deal with for a lot of the bigger institutions uh, and they haven't uh, and it kind of shows that uh, there's some flaws in adopting social practice in a Danish context and the language of it um, the National Gallery has bought uh, parts of a project uh, that he did with uh, the Danish artist Foss mm. at uh, The the shelter for men in Istergel, they kind of uh, made a huge refurbishment of uh, the the shelter for men there uh, in uh, a long period uh, stretching from like 2006 to 10. It's funny, I heard about that, but I only heard about Foss. I didn't uh -huh. hear about Kenneth. Okay, but I I think uh, Kenneth was like a, a huge part of that project, uh, and he made um, he made in 2002 he he did uh, an art project in a um, in an old bunker uh, where he installed a functional um, injection room. Uh, for uh, drug users, investable as well. Um, and that project was a social practice project. Uh, he came from uh, Goldsmith and had developed his practice abroad, <laughs> obviously. Um, and, um, you know, uh, that project ended up uh, pushing uh, political matters and... Today we have like an injection space there, a beautiful and, one. Yeah, and I mean, uh, his project started that, right. you know, uh, at that time. Well, it's um, funny because I think actually I've heard about his projects yeah. and not him. Yeah. So in a way, I think you have heard about fixable. So, yeah, I definitely yeah, have. Yeah, yeah. So I think that 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 you know, in a way, his projects were so. Uh, meaningful mm -hmm. that they weren't attached to the cult of personality which art often mm -hmm. is where you're like oh that's a so and so and that's the stronghold it. of his practice that he he becomes almost invisible in its afterlife wild you know uh, and and a recent project is that he uh, he um, he facilitated uh Uh, the the kind of uh, rehousing of uh, beer drinkers in public space at Inghel Place, mm -hmm. which were I mean they were moved away. Uh, I mean their their kind of public square where they used to hang out was kind of taken away from them in yeah. a way. You could where say the skate park is on the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was a huge uh, square there where they kind of hang out and that was their social space. Mm -hmm. uh, that was their kind of daily life. And uh, the municipality didn't really, uh, you know, get into, they, they, they didn't get into solving that problem uh and uh the beer drinkers was fully aware of uh the the problems they might cause in public space by moving to different spaces and being in kind of a uh, a contest of uh the use of public space so uh, they were actually fully aware of their uh Problem and uh, Kenneth uh, started a dialogue, and then he became kind of the mediator uh, and uh, engaged uh, an architect and the municipality in a project where he actually drew and built 
like a new space for the beer drinkers with them. That structure there. That 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 uh, very very long bench yeah. with a pavilion. So again, I know and him, I, but and I, I don't know him. And if you go there, they will tell you they built the place themselves, <laughs> and they would be immensely proud of it. Yeah. Um, but it's actually an art project made by um, Kenneth uh, Belfield. Um, that's wild. I mean, they, you got to say that's that's an amazing way to have a practice, right? Because it goes against so much of what we've learned about art, which that it is a personality and a selling of the self mm -hmm. uh, in relation to the actual work you do too. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and and. You're constantly told that you have to. No one will do it for you. You have to do it yourself. You have to, nah, 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 nah. Mm -hmm. And he does that, but without attaching it to this carriage of. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I signed this. I made it. Now it's worth it. Yeah, but I mean, I've. Uh, he's he's one of the figures that a, a a guy like me, professionally, can point to and say, "Well, here you have one of." the very uh, unique examples of social practice right here in Denmark and there's there's a lot of other artists among him I mean he's he's one among uh, many that that works like that but he's just a very very good example because his practice changed stuff you know like and you can go over there and you can see how it's It's used right. in your daily in public, life in public, not in a museum. No, 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 exactly. Right. So, and I mean, I've, I've, I've on that uh, interest, I have built it also kind of a parallel curatorial practice uh, for myself. I mean, uh, did a project in Tingbia in 2012. Uh, uh, actually. Uh, kind of uh, co-curated uh, a festival with 22 uh, artists doing uh, pieces in Tingbia mm -hmm. uh, with Kenneth. Uh, and Tingbia, just for context, is a so-called poor ghetto area. Yeah, it was Soviet. made in the, I mean, it was drawn and built in the late 50s. So it's very early social housing and very idealistic uh, architectural project made by Sten Eiler Rasmussen, which was like a, one of the very, very big architects and city planners at that time. Was it the one of the ones removing people out of the center of town? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, from the black square right. in Nurbo and, right. and like moved them to facilities that was kind of luxurious at that time. Right, because people are living stacked on top of each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sharing toilets out in the yard and all that. Yeah, it was bad in here, actually, you know. Uh, and uh, people uh, moved out there. It was a green area. Uh, it has, uh, I guess, the first uh, adventure playgrounds in uh, Denmark, you know, like, and it's still there. Uh, and it's, I mean, in a way, it, it it could have been known for a lot of very, very nice things. But, I mean, through the last uh, 15 years, or actually while Steinheil Rasmussen still lived, it uh, already became stigmatized. Because uh, you placed like people in like this uh, very dense area, uh, and of course that was there were things happening when you when you uh, gather like uh, at that time almost ten uh, thousand people in an area. Of course things happen, and then it becomes this thing about oh now there have been trouble again in Tingbia. You know, right. it became very fast. The angry youth and, of and, and, and the press uh, already at that time started to kind of address the place in that kind of stigmatizing way, which kind of just uh, grew, you know, yeah. by time. But that, that has been one of my first big curatorial projects. That was Visit Tingbia, which actually was about like try to visit, right. revisit Tingbia right. and try to look at what that history is, you know. Which and is the play off the name. They have Visit Denmark and Visit all these other nice ideas. Exactly. Places. So it plays on, on like uh, almost untasteful uh, tourism, but in a way also really means 
hey, try to visit, you know, like... You're making me want to go there. I've never been there. No, you should go. And I mean, uh, there are still pieces out there uh, and very nice ones Mm. uh, left from um, 2012. And then I've done like other curatorial projects. The left, the last one uh, was um, uh, a project. I mean, I I had a curatorial role within Copenhagen Art Week that Kunstnews has been doing for uh, several years. That's I have all you guys, right? Yeah, kind of. I mean, it's it's more like a big. Big cooperation between everybody, everybody now, right? yeah. uh, on right. the art scene here, but of course uh, you need some kind of uh, uh, curatorial take on it. And I mean, I've been a part of that, and we organize it. Yes, it's a big uh, job. It There's is a lot of shit happening that week. There is, and I mean, uh, gladly it's it's uh, it's moving on from year to year, and people adopt the format. Uh, And um, it kind of uh, it 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 uh, it generates a lot of energy now. I think you know people uh, um, you know think about well, couldn't we do this project during Copenhagen Art Week? Mm-hmm. Oh, it could be nice to do this and this, and and they uh, reflect on uh, the focus or theme that we kind of. Uh, address this year and they uh play ball you know and uh it's it's slowly i think like uh becoming this kind of uh big collective effort each year it's bigger and bigger yeah i I think so yeah and in a way you know it's it it's it's kind of the the opposite of this kind of uh, uh uh commercial profiling that Uh, that uh, that's adopted with uh, art fairs like chart art fair and things like that where of course uh, an art scene needs kind of uh, a commercial uh, uh, driver of a sort you know to bring in uh, collectors and art professionals blah blah but cash money uh, and cash money <laughs> you know but for the few I guess but um In a way, uh, it 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 seems to me very meaningful to adopt this very collective format uh, at the same time uh, to uh, to make the scene come together as well, and uh, not both. just be like the profiled ones celebrating themselves in uh, Chalonbow, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to be. They they should, in theory, be equally strong, right? Mm-hmm. The uh, commercial and non-commercial, the collective versus individualistic, uh, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Because it's true, the 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 money does actually need to be there. Mm-hmm. As much as we uh, don't like that, mm-hmm. and people really don't want to engage with that, it is uh, absolutely a driving force. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know it, it 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 has to be there. But we also need. To remember the other side of things, mm-hmm. and I guess it's to me is almost like uh, art scene based social practice that <laughs> that we that we are doing with uh, Copenhagen Art Week to try to uh, address uh, questions of in, uh, public engagement uh, and uh, other values that are, uh, I mean. Uh, competing uh, at that time with uh, you know like cold cash uh, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. address some other uh, values uh, that are more um, content uh, socially um, uh, publicly uh, based but it seems that beyond even Copenhagen Art Week You uh, like this is what Kunsten Nu does, mm. and and Kunsten Nu is a a web based pl- publication mm-hmm. which uh, which is uh, serves as a critical arm, mm. uh, informational news arm. Yeah, um, you guys publish a podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. You publish books, right? No, no, okay. we don't. Um, can you tell me a little bit about? why it started and what your role is with it yeah uh after university uh i 
I ended up in an internship at uh, the Daily Newspaper Information, mm-hmm, which and, is a left-wing large newspaper. Yeah, and uh, has a fairly strong cultural uh, um, practice, I think, uh, among the the daily newspapers in Denmark. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was an intern on kind of the uh, cultural section. And uh, I was there for uh, four months, and I got a lot of responsibility. And actually, uh, visual arts or contemporary art was uh, it was not taken by anyone. You know, all the press releases was kind of piled up in the aisle, uh, and I could actually I realized that uh, slowly that I could just maybe start picking up those things I found interesting in that pile and uh, yeah shortly discuss uh, the the interesting perspectives of that story with the editor and I I got a kind of a, yeah a license to go along some of those stories and I developed almost uh, instantly like, um, you know, I I think I found like a a journalistic format where I could adopt some of the cultural aesthetical theories that I uh, was uh, building through my studies. You you had no idea that journalism was a way forward or was that kind of... No, I I think I I had a class on cultural journalism uh, at the university and I really liked it. Uh, So I was... I was not in doubt when I I I was to take like an internship how mm-hmm. how I should uh use that. Mm-hmm. So I I thought of like cultural sections in the newspapers and I was trying to aiming at the best one in my eyes at that time. So uh but then after the the 4 months they asked me to be the editor of like a a spread a, a weekly spread in the cultural section on art and form wow like an aesthetical spread you know uh, that could adopt on visual arts uh, contemporary art uh, architecture and design and i could yeah uh, run it uh, with uh, uh, a weekly nod from the editor when I uh, explained uh, this week's uh, spread. And Four months out of university and you get offered a, a job at a newspaper as an editor. That's wild. It was wild. And I was I, I was working far, far, far uh, too much uh, well, uh, to make life. that run also because I kind of I didn't just start writing myself I tried to build up kind of a uh, a section of its own with five people writing on visual arts uh, one uh, writing on uh, architecture and uh, two that were uh, addressing or writing on uh, design you know I, I started to grow up my own kind of small cultural You're section. A boss in that section yeah yeah in a way and I, I had that spread for two years um and then it was closed down because of lack of money. And then, of course, that was the first one to cut. Right. You That's know? always the first one. It is. But uh, I s- had already started a dialogue with a guy in Aarhus called Jan Falk who ran Aarhus Nu, which were at that time uh, a parallel to Copenhagen, uh, a web-based magazine here in Copenhagen. He started one out in in Aarhus called Aarhus New, and it was uh, compared to um, Copenhagen. It was uh, critical and had like a uh, a critical uh, profile and uh, was very focused on that. And uh, I, I, I had a lot of sympathy for that project. And actually, I did an interview with Jan uh, Falkborg uh, in the the spread um, in 2006, I think. Um, and um, and then, uh, I mean, we decided to cooperate on making Aarhus new into Kunst new and make it like a, a, a kind of a national uh, media with an editorial office in Aarhus and in Copenhagen. And then 
I was the editor to run the uh, East uh, editorial office in Copenhagen, and another editor, Ole Bak Jacobsen, was to uh, run the editorial office in Aarhus. Uh, and then Jan was uh, kind of the administrative uh, CEO uh, of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it should be said now at that point, there isn't really anything comparable in Denmark. You mentioned earlier Copenhagen. They function very much as a a, a, a listing site where you can find yeah. out all the openings. You can find – there's some interviews. There's some content. But a yeah. lot of it is is straight informational. What's what, what's on this week? What's yeah, happening yeah, on yeah. Friday? What, what yeah, openings and, are there on Friday, et cetera? Yeah. And you guys came in at a much more, um, dare I say, academic, but I mean at least writerly uh, mm. discussion, mm-hmm. debate – yeah, we had definitely a, a focus on again, as I said in the very beginning, uh, with a, a a pretty clear aim that the discussion is and the debate is a way of qualifying language about something. So uh, we had a very very uh, clear um, idea of what Kunstner should with its reviews and with its coverage in general was to start out uh, a qualified dialogue on uh, contemporary arts. Uh, so we have, we have tried to do that. I mean, and that has, I mean, that has been uh, the, the, the big goal uh, of it. And I mean, in that occasion, uh, Copenhagen Art Week is, is uh, also a way of, try to uh, open doors, you know, like open uh, doors uh, qualitatively for a larger public and have that discussion. But at, at the spaces, uh, uh, as a part of the art scene, you know, uh, as a natural part of uh, Copenhagen cultural life. Um, well, you guys did. It. I mean, you guys are now... I would say established, and of course you're always working towards something. But yeah, yeah. you you are now one of the big two mm-hmm. uh, media, you know, art media yeah, yeah. in uh, in Denmark, mm. and uh, you definitely uh, don't really, in my mind, compete with anybody in terms of what you do. No, I think actually, you know, we, we think of each other as uh, competitors in many ways, like Copenhagen and uh, Kunstkritik maybe. But I think we have a very clear notion of what each other's uh, are doing and uh, and uh, where our kind of strong profile is. And uh, and I think we are all getting good at that, you know, mm-hmm. like. And uh, and I I hope they also you know like uh, recognize Kunst new for that I think they do uh, deep down <laughs> you know uh, somewhere um, I'm pretty sure uh, and I mean of course there's a special thing about uh, Kunst new and the goal of having that kind of dialogue that you know, make some clear, um, you know, uh, make some clear uh, tasks uh, that you have to uh, write, like your language has to adopt to a larger public. If you want to expand your public, then you have to, uh, you know, uh, keep a language around what uh, art is and what art does in a way that uh, can engage people uh, outside of uh, the kind of core of uh, art professionals in it's a the country. Tricky, tricky line to it's, dance. It's it's truly tricky, and um, and of course, then you also have to you know take the the debate when it's there and meet up in the radio and have that maybe silly discussion on why Bob Dylan is a bad artist uh I mean in visual arts oh, right you know uh, um why his paintings don't shouldn't be hanging in the national gallery yeah for example <laughs> i guess that was uh, one of the the early radio programs uh, I was um, participating in at uh, Eco Fiatusu, I guess mm-hmm. um, you know, and and you 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 do those, you know, 
because uh, of course it's it's uh, you think of it as a way of uh, qualifying, uh, maybe in 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 a long term, but it is, uh, and I think. Uh, Uh, right now, there's there's a very good uh, palette of media's that uh, web-based media's that are doing different things um, at times and covering uh, different things. And uh, and I guess for Kunst New, it's very important that we are present uh, in the whole country, mm. like that we have the actual editorial office in Aarhus. And in Copenhagen. Well, and God knows people kind of have abandoned, uh, you know, Copenhagen. It's so Copenhagen central, everything. So it's yeah, good yeah. To have I mean, some... and art coverage has kind of suffered for that for, I mean, always, I guess, yeah, you yeah. know, uh, that it's kind of capital, uh, yeah, uh, based in a way. Uh, and, and, and I mean, there's a lot of very, very good institutions and art centers and, Uh, galleries and uh, practitioners in general in Jutland and uh, Fyn and all the other uh, islands. <laughs> Non-Copenhagen Yeah, non-Copenhagen areas, you know. Uh, so, I mean, I th think it was just like, uh, yeah, an obvious uh, field to to cover then, yeah. you know, because no one else were really doing it. Do you guys have a specific kind of plan or way to deal with that dance which involves you know as you were just talking now i realized that you guys do two different things you keep a pretty tight um i'm just going to call it academic for the sake of mm. uh, ease of labeling mm. an academic discussion about art and way of writing mm. um But then also to something like Copenhagen Art Week, which is indeed very open and accessible mm. to everybody and also to different types of art. Mm. Lots of art which uh, maybe you personally or the editorial staff wouldn't normally engage with, etc. Mm. You, uh, you know, and there's that dance and there's, it goes back to what we were talking about originally. This, this, re this thing that art constantly has to justify its own exclusiveness or justify its own selection process. Mm. And, and, and that, you know, there's... There's a certain trend of anti-intellectualism in art, and then there's mm -hmm. a certain trend of like, well, what the fuck? Why can't we talk about very specific, uh, you know, mm -hmm. fin cultural? They say in Danish, a very mm -hmm. uh, pointed, specific cultural discussion. Uh, and I don't, I don't really know how to deal with that discussion myself. Where to take it? Mm -hmm. I know that for someone like me who speaks Danish as a second language, I have a really, really hard time reading what you guys write. Okay, It's very, very hard for me to absorb because mm -hmm. I wasn't raised in that vernacular. No. Whereas I can in English, I can engage, mm -hmm. but it's it's much harder for me in Danish. Mm -hmm. I don't begrudge you guys for it. I don't say like you motherfuckers, you should you should be talking to me. But I can see that there's constantly questions about access and tone and discussion that one must pay attention to when you're talking mm -hmm. about this sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, actually, we've we've uh, we've tried to be accessible in our language about it. About well, remember, it's my second language and I didn't yeah, go yeah, to yeah. school here, so no, no, I'm no. a special case. No, no. So, I mean, <clears throat> that has been like a, a goal uh, and especially in our like uh, uh, critical practice, like uh, our art criticism. Uh, and, I, and I guess we are trying to be uh, very diverse. I mean, we're trying to do all kind of things at the same time. And I guess uh, now, compared to earlier, we have two different access points to Kunstnu. There's Art Guide and there's Journal. And that was one way of, you know, trying to uh, make two doors One that could just be like informative, guide you to stuff and mm -hmm. where you could meet like artist of the week uh, uh, and maybe some small like new stuff. Mm -hmm. And then you would have the journal on the other side that would uh, uh, also be nerdy and address very specific questions within the arts and discuss that deeply. 
which needs to be done, no yeah, doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, but it, it was kind of a way for us to kind of uh, make that access point. That's uh, true, and I forgot to say that your art guide is excellent. Good, thanks. Uh, and I mean, uh, in a way, of course, we should uh, all the time have uh, a goal that that is to, you know, uh, be an access point to uh, a lot of new readers uh, in our way of addressing arts. But I mean, it's a it's a it's a it's a difficult task, but it's it's all the time there. I mean, that's that's how we we think of it, you know. And <clears throat> I mean, uh, and Copenhagen Art Week is is very inclusive. I agree, but it's also a way, and and I think we we are actually doing that. I mean, we are also selecting like uh, who's who's in it to be uh, the one that will guide you to, in our view, uh, good, relevant, uh, artistic uh, experiences. Well, God uh, knows we need curation. Yes, and I mean, we have to take that responsibility. Uh, also, because we have like a uh, an art-critical practice that is connected uh, to the whole thing, you know, uh, and uh, and I think people in general would expect some kind of uh, filtration <laughs> or like uh, selection, uh, right? Because otherwise, it's just the internet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you don't have any sort of selection, and I mean, everything we do, whether it's uh, which openings I'm going to go to on Friday or uh, which uh, podcast I'm going to listen to, which whatever. It, it's a process of selection mm-hmm. and that's just how it is, you know, and you, you, you have relationships with, with outlets who help you uh, find things which you want to engage with, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and that's, you know, you can, again, I think it goes back to this idea that like, we don't have to constantly explain why we are doing what we're doing. We mm-hmm. just try to do it the best we can. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's all there is to it. Yeah. And I, I mean, um, it's uh to me i think it's um it's very much like the danish artist group superflex i mean i like i like making tools you know mm. you know that that art criticism can be uh a tool and uh, that copenhagen art week can be a tool and that art can be a tool for like uh thinking a tool for expanding our thoughts and uh, uh rethink our behavior and uh, social life and politics and stuff like that mm. i mean to me it's it's very much about that so i i would always hope that uh people are able to uh apply it you know I mean, if people uh, have the feeling of uh, not being able to uh, use uh, the things I'm doing, then I would be very sad, you know. I mean, that's 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 what I mean. Why I do what I do. Communication. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think that's a good place to end it. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to come here and talk about it you're welcome thank you for listening to this episode of the undergang armchair the intro and outro music was kindly provided by johnny ripper and today's interstitial music was provided by the passion hi-fi you can find links to their music and tons of other conversations with great people on our critical investigation of a website undergang.net Remember to let us know if you know anybody in Stockholm we should talk with next week. If you do like the show, we would appreciate it if you'd take the time to leave a review on iTunes so others can find us. The show is produced in part with the kind support of the Danish Arts Council. Thank you for joining us. 